invite you to open up your Bibles to Job chapter 33. Hang on to it because I'm going to refer back to this passage, even though I'm going to bring several other passages into the message this morning. Today we're continuing our series on hearing God. We are specifically going to look today at the ways that God talks to you. When we talk about people listening to God and God uh, talking to people, a lot of people get the idea that this is something that is very mystical, as extraordinary, unusual, but that's not really the case. The fact is, he's trying to talk to us all the time. Job thirty-three fourteen. listen to it. For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. Pause with me for a word of prayer. Father, as we reflect upon some of the ways that you talk to us, help us to have the right attitudes so that we can hear your voice in whatever way you want to communicate with us. Protect us. Give us wisdom and understanding so that we can discern between your voice and that of the enemy. So that we can discern between your voice and indigestion. So that we can truly hear what you're trying to say to us. Give us that insight that we need to have in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In that verse, he is saying very simply that the problem is not with God not speaking, but it is rather with us not perceiving, not hearing. Sometimes we're just not tuned in. He wants to communicate with us. It is one of his main desires that he has that opportunity to communicate with all who will hear. He reaches out first to those who do not know him and he tries to communicate with them in such a way that they will come to know him personally. And after entering into that salvation experience, he wants to continue to talk with his children to help them to grow and to mature in their walk and become more like Jesus Christ. He wants to have a personal relationship with us, one that is intimate. He wants to talk with us. And so he has given us that capacity to hear his voice. But we ask the question, how does God talk to us? That's the big overriding question this morning. Well, God's not limited to a single way. Hebrews 1.1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, did you hear that? At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And there are indeed many different ways that are recorded in Scripture. God has spoken through angels, through visions, through dreams, to name just a few. He one time spoke through a burning bush. Another time he spoke through a cloud. One time he spoke through a a pillar of fire. He even spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Think about it. Strange. We hear that and we think, how can that be? He's God. Let me remind you of that. So today we're going to identify, briefly talk about four or five uh, of the more common ways that God speaks to us. 
Number one, God speaks through the Bible. That is the number one way that he speaks to us, through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, and is God-breathed, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. See, it's not just a, a good collection of wonderful thoughts and ideas of men. That's not what the Bible is. It is breathed by God. It is God-breathed. That means that the Bible is absolutely reliable. There is no other book on the face of the earth that is as reliable as the Bible. It can be counted on. It will guide us. It will correct us. It will comfort us. It will help us out. But if you don't ever get into the Word, if you don't ever open up the book and study it, <laughs> how's God going to talk to you? How's he going to talk to you? Is he going to have to find a donkey and bring into your life? Hopefully that's not the case. It is important for us to have a daily quiet time, to spend some time in prayer and listening to God through his word on a daily basis. And if you're missing out on that, you're missing out on the number one way that God talks to his people. Someone said God, or someone, I don't know how many times I've heard people make the statement that God never talks to me. I have to ask the question, are you in your Bible every day? Are you reading a portion of God's word on a regular basis? If you're not reading the Bible, if you're not spending any time in his word, it's like taking your phone off the hook and all God is getting is a busy signal. And he can't get through to you. You need to get into God's word because it's the number one way that he speaks. If you're only getting into his word every week or two, how is that going to work out? It's not. You're going to miss out on a lot. Now, I, can, I admit that the Bible can be an intimidating book. In the first place, how many books do you know are bound in leather? I don't, I don't think there are very many out there on the market today. How many other books have numbers before each sentence? Kind of strange, isn't it? If you use a King James Version, you've got a bunch of these and thous, and you've got some uh, that you, you know, words that you don't understand, and some strange names and places, and foreign words that don't make sense. You've got all of those things that you've got to overcome. The Bible can be intimidating, but it is God's manual for life. It's the owner's manual, if you will. Several months ago, I, I purchased a truck. In that truck, they gave me an owner's manual. It is important for me because that owner's manual contains the designer's intent uh, to help my vehicle to last, to keep it from being under stress. And if I will read that owner's manual and follow what it says, it teaches me how I can keep my car from being under stress. Now think about your life and the stress that you encounter in your life. Is it that you're under stress because you're not following the owner's manual? You're not reading it? You're not reflecting upon it? You don't know what it says? That'll stress you out. The owner's manual for life is what this book is. So when in doubt, consult the owner's manual. You'd be surprised what it has to say. God speaks through his word. Now, how do you get started in the book? 
How do you get started in the Bible? Do you start at Genesis and read all the way through to Revelation? I don't recommend it. That's not where I would start. Well, first of all, I would recommend you get a modern translation. I'm using the ESV right now, the English Standard Version. For many years, I knew, used the New International Version. I stopped using it a few years ago when the new translation came out and they changed some things, the way they were doing things, and I didn't think they were appropriate. But I, I must say, it is still one of the most readable versions of the Bible. And it is one that will give you some good insight as to what God is speaking and what he's trying to say. The Living Bible is a paraphrase. means it's not a direct translation. It's a paraphrase, but it is easy to understand. And sometimes, as a young Christian in particular, that's a good version to get just to read so that you can understand in modern terms what God is trying to say to you. Then you want to go beyond that, I would say. Get yourself a study Bible. Study Bible has some extra notes in there. They give you helps so that you can understand some of the customs and, and some of those things that you wouldn't understand just reading the Bible. You don't have to go to a bunch of outside sources. It becomes a little thicker. It's not one that you carry around with you all the time, but it's a good one to have at home to study and to reflect upon and to get the added insights right there without having to get a bunch of extra books. Then you need to spend some time in his word. Several years ago, Rick Warren wrote a book that I, I got when he first put it out. He was a young man at that time. I believe the copyright on it is 1978. It's called Dynamic Bible Study. And in there, he shares 12 different types of Bible study. You can pick out one of those types and follow it for a while and then go to another type and try it. But it will give you step-by-step step how to get into the Bible. And then if you haven't discovered it yet, there are a lot of tools on the internet that you can get for free, that you can access for free. You don't have to make big investments in commentaries and concordances and all that kind of stuff. They're available on the internet, along with a variety of different translations that you can take a look at to see which one is the best for you. And then I would start in the New Testament. I wouldn't start with the Old Testament. I would start with the New Testament. In fact, I would get so particularly, I would recommend that you start in the Gospel of John so that you get to know Jesus. Then I'd recommend you read 1 John to learn how to relate to other believers. James is a good practical book that, that gives us some good practical stuff that gets you going in the Christian life. But you need to get into his word. I can't stress that enough. You've heard me say that before. I will continue saying it till the day I die. You need to get into his word on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Another way that God speaks to you is through gifted teachers. Yeah, gifted teachers. Have you ever sat in a church service and as the, the preacher was preaching, you knew that God was speaking directly to you? Yeah. Nobody else in the audience mattered, did they? He was speaking to you. At that moment, you may not have heard another word the preacher said, but there was something that the Holy Spirit used to speak to you through that individual. And at that moment, he was speaking through a gifted teacher to tell you what he wanted to say to you. So God often uses other people. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, 
which is at work in you, in you believers. So God speaks through teachers and preachers and, and it changes our life when we listen to them. There have been many times I've had people say after, after the message, I really feel like you've been listening in on my conversations. <laughs> or you tapped into my thoughts. Well, let me just tell you, I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't have the technical equipment and I'm not smart enough to operate it if I had it. I, I can't do that. What I have discovered is that when God speaks to me and I then share it with you, he has a way of taking that and applying it to your life. I have had people that have come up afterwards and, and they've said, well, God was really speaking to me through the message today, but when I got done, I wasn't sure that that was even what you were saying to me. That's when I know the Holy Spirit is truly in charge. When he can take what is being said and he can touch your heart in such a way that he has that open line of communication with you and get across the message that he wants to share with you. That's when I know the Spirit's in charge, not me. That's why when I, many times you'll hear me when I get up to preach. I've said it before in my own study time. Lord, edit this message so that it truly becomes your message and not mine. Add to it, take away from it, do whatever you want to so that it becomes your message. Am I saying that God speaks through me? Yeah, I have no doubt about it. I'm amazed I do not deserve the privilege, but I have no doubt about it that he has spoken to, through me many, many, many times over the years. And he has touched people. I, I, it's amazing when God is in control, what he can do with an ignoramus like me. <laughs> but you know what's even more amazing? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God speaks through you. He speaks through you, each and every one of you. Don't kid yourself. How many times have, have you had somebody coming to you for advice and you just start answering them? You don't know where the answer came from. You just know that it was the right answer for them and it changed their lives. God used it to change their lives. That's because God knows what needs to be said in those times. I'll never forget going to a gentleman that many, many, many years ago was a member of this church and he, moved, he and his wife moved down to Tucson he was a Christian psychologist by the name of Jerry Day. And I felt totally inadequate counseling with people at that time. And so I went to him. I said, do you have any books that you recommend? He gave me a copy of one that he had written. But he said something that was more important than any book that I ever could have read. I've read a multitude of books on counseling and that sort of thing. But he says, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And he will guide you to say the right thing as you are submissive to him and seeking his leadership in that counseling experience. You've got the greatest resource that there is, better than any textbook that I could give to you. And it changed, it changed me. It caused me to stop feeling inadequate, although... I must say there are times that I feel I get in over my head. 
to know that as God is in control, he will guide me to say what needs to be said. And if he guides me to refer them to somebody else, then that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't have to have all the answers. But God will speak through you. Sometimes you're the, the, the only Christian, genuine Christian that they know. You're the one that has been just open enough about your faith and loving and concerned and caring enough about them as individuals that you're the one they naturally gravitate to to ask their questions and to bounce things off of you. So don't run away from it, but embrace it and let God work through you. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, We impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Gifted teachers, when they teach, are actually teaching the words of God, what He wants to say to us. Obviously, the more teaching you hear, the more God will have opportunity to speak to you. But that leads me to a very important aspect, and that is that God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. He is the one that that puts these ideas in our minds, and He is the one that impresses upon our hearts and gives us these words that we need to call. You know, when the Holy Spirit puts an idea in your mind, we call it inspiration. I got inspired. I had a creative idea. Yeah. Well, where do you think it came from? It came from the creator. It came from God. God's the creator. If you're being creative, just maybe God had a part in that, huh? When God puts an idea in your mind, we call it inspiration. When the devil puts an idea in your mind, we call it temptation because he's also trying to speak to us. Job 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Hmm. Bring to your remembrance. That means he gives us impressions. He gives us impressions. If you're in his word on a regular basis, there you are. You would be hung out to dry if you didn't have that resource of having been studying his word, have something there that the Spirit can call upon. If you'd never sat in church and listened to a message, you wouldn't have that to call upon. But he has those things. The Holy Spirit has those things. And he gives us those gut feelings, those inspirations. He does this quite often. Let's face it. Most of those brilliant ideas you've had are not yours. Can we be honest there? They were God's. He was giving them to you. God who loves you. God who cares about you. God who is infinitely interested in all the details of your life. He's the one that gave those things to you. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like God because it's so natural. But it's natural because you were made to receive communication from God. A lot of things you think up, they're not all that smart. But when God gives you his ideas, they astound you. They astound you. Now there's a lot of confusion in the world as to how we get impressions from God. 
and I'm hoping in a, in a future message to give you some practical insights uh, that will help you uh, to know when you're receiving inspiration from the Holy Spirit and, and, and an impression from God and when you're being talked to by the enemy. Because there are, now there are two extremes that you need to avoid in this area. One is that of the rationalist, the other is that of the mystic. The rationalist thinks that, that God, he denies that God ever speaks through the mind. He said God only speaks through the Bible, and he never gives you any impressions. That's wrong. The mystic, on the other hand, thinks that every impression they get is from God, and that is obviously wrong too. Sometimes it's just indigestion. I feel sorry for either extreme. Truth is somewhere in the middle there. The rationalist who thinks that God never gives me an idea apart from his word misses out on a lot of God's counsel, a lot of God's comfort and care and concern and his challenges. On the other hand, the mystic who thinks that every impression that they get is from God can make a bunch of stupid mistakes. They really can. God told me to do this. Did he? Hmm. If you find, if you find something that is counterfeit, it is evidence that there is something that is real. Have you ever seen a counterfeit $3 bill? No. Because there is not a $3 bill out there. So there's no reason to counterfeit it. Well, Satan will try to counterfeit. And he will try to deceive you into, into believing that God is speaking to you when it is he that is speaking to you. But my friends, if you find false teachers, recognize that there are genuine Christian spirit-led teachers that are out there also. If you find false prophets, it means that there are also real prophets. You need to examine the evidence, compare it to God's word to determine whether something is real or counterfeit. I want to briefly mention another idea that if you're in Job 33, I want us to go back to that verse. For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when the deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds. God sometimes speaks through dreams and visions. Why would he do that? Why would God speak to us when we are asleep? Could it be that we're relaxed? We're not distracted. Our defenses are down at that moment and the Holy Spirit can get through without all the distractions of this world. Now, let me share with you something that has worked and doesn't work all the time. But there are many times that if you ask a question right before you go to bed, God will answer it through the night. And you'll wake up the next morning. You know, you just simply say, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? What do you want me to do about my family? What do you want, to do, want me to do about my church? What do you want me to do? I have done that many a time when I've been wrestling with a message, trying to get the right message. And I'll just simply say, God, 
Please help me to get the right message put together that will help the people on Sunday so that they'll be helped through the week. Give me that insight. I don't know how many times I've gone to bed having reflected upon funeral messages and not having the slightest idea what I was going to say the next day. But when I woke up that morning, it was all right there, ready for me. My goal every week is to have my message studied on, worked through by Wednesday, and have it completely done by Thursday. Do I meet that all the time? No, I don't. But that's my personal goal. But there are times where I have spent the week studying and praying and agonizing over how I can how I can get the right message and put it in the right form that you can understand and comprehend it and and the Spirit can use it to touch your lives. I've given, well, a week ago, I gave this title because I was working on this message. And I gave that title on Wednesday to Megan so that she could put it into PowerPoint, could pass it on to Melissa to put it in the bulletin. And then it was like, no, you can't preach that message first. You've got to deal with attitudes first because attitudes will block people from hearing my message is what he was saying to me. And that's why I preached on the different soils and the attitudes that they represent so that you'd realize an important part of it is having the right attitude when you're going to him so that he has the opportunity to speak to you through his word, through a gifted teacher, through some other way that he might want to. So ask God a question and give him an opportunity. He may or may not speak to you that way. He doesn't do it. He's God. He sees the big picture. Sometimes he's not ready to give you the answer to your question because he's working in somebody else's life, preparing them. And you need to recognize that and accept that and say, God, it's in your control. I am seeking out your answer. And I trust that you will give it to me in the right timing so that I will have that insight that I need to have. But be forewarned that Satan can speak to you too. He puts ideas in your mind. Not every idea that crosses your mind is from God. Always test the impression. Never make a decision on an impression alone, but test it. Make sure it matches up with what the Bible says. I guarantee that if it doesn't match up, it's not God speaking. I have had people come to me and say, I have prayed. I really feel like God wants me to move in with my girlfriend. (laughs) Hello? Who are you kidding? Where has God ever said that in his word? He said the exact opposite, hasn't he? He has given that kind of counsel for our own protection, for our own benefit. Marriage is the answer. About 90% of our problems in this area, in our society today, Uh, you know, the emotional scars, the venereal diseases, the broken hearts would not be there if people would just simply follow what God's word says. I recently read that there are more venereal diseases today than at any time in history. Is there any wonder? If you ignore the owner's manual, it'll lead to trouble. If I don't put oil in my vehicle every so many thousand miles, it's going to wear out quicker. 
It's going to die a sooner death than it needed to. And when you ignore what the Bible has to say, you are hurt. You're not hurting God. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. It's for your benefit. Another way, this will be the last one I mentioned this morning. God speaks through circumstances. If I didn't have these circumstances, I would... hmm. If things were only different, I could do... You know, you fill in the blank there. How many times have these thoughts flooded through our minds? We think it's our circumstances. Such thinking is not from God. He knows our circumstances. Even if he didn't cause them, he certainly has allowed them and he understands them. He knows our present circumstances and he knows how he can help you to become triumphant and and how he can make those circumstances be valuable learning experiences in your life. But if you're upset and you're waiting for those circumstances to change, you're not going to hear his voice when he speaks to you. And not much will be accomplished. Imagine what would have happened if the Apostle Paul had fought his circumstances. What if he had spent his time daydreaming Oh, what it would be like if I was free, if I wasn't in prison. Suppose he had dwelled on that thought. If I was out of jail, I I could start more churches. I could touch more people's lives for Christ. I could lead them to salvation. We would have missed out on a good majority of the New Testament that we have today if Paul had given in to that kind of thinking. Many of his epistles were written from prison. Less than desirable circumstances. Just imagine if he, had, if he had focused on that prison guard in a negative way, we would not have that great passage in Ephesians, that, that, that description of the Christian armor would never have been written. God knows these things, and he will speak about what is happening now, not what might be. He will tell you how in your circumstances that you can let his light shine for your glory. I don't know how many times I've seen people that have been battling disease and they have reached that point in their life where it would be so easy for them to give in to it. But they have not allowed that to happen. Instead, they have allowed his light to shine out through them. And he has used them to touch the lives of doctors and nurses and people that have come in to visit them They've been a positive influence in other people's lives, even though they were going through some of the most difficult times. Circumstances are sometimes painful. There's no question about it. We don't always change when we see the light. Sometimes it's when we feel the heat. None of us really likes change. We fear it for a number of reasons. We fear what it might do to us. We fear that, well... Bottom line is sometimes we don't change until the pain becomes greater than our fear of change. Proverbs 20, verse 30 in the Good News Bible. I put it this way because it makes it pretty clear. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. I'm not all pain is God speaking to us. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. But God does sometimes use pain to get our attention. I've had two deacons in different churches that 
gave the testimony that God had to get them flat on their back before they'd make some changes in their lives. Both men were smokers. Most of us would overlook that, wouldn't even think of it as a sin, right? But both of these men kept it hidden from all the other people in the church. What does that tell you about their thinking? One man got hurt on the job. He spent several days in a coma, about 10 days total in the hospital before he was released. 10 days without a cigarette. He came to the conclusion he didn't need that cigarette. He could do without it. The other man, sailing along, nobody had a clue. All of a sudden, he had chronic heart failure. And he had to retire and go on a disability in his early 50s. Devastating to him at the time. But God got his attention. Man was ordained to the ministry a few years later. Served as an associate pastor of a church. Faithful man. He was one of those when he, when he was not ordained. And I called on to preach. God used him, but God used him in an even better way afterwards. But God put him on his back to get his attention and to get his total focus so that he could use him to his glory. Some lessons we only learn through pain. Why is it important? Why is it important for us to really hear God speak? Well, one reason is because it assures us that we are in God's family and that we have a good relationship with him because he said, my sheep will hear my voice. If you're not hearing his voice, there's either something, a kilter in your life, or maybe you don't even know him and you've just got religion in place of a relationship with him. My prayer is that you will all know God and that you will know that he wants to have communication with you on a regular basis. God speaks to you. He doesn't just speak to super saints. Parents, did you only speak to your favorite child? Did you only speak to your most intelligent child? I hope not. <laughs> Somebody tells me they did. I'm, my whole illustration is going to be shot. No. You speak to all your children. You love all your children. You want to have communication with all your kids. God has a marvelous way of talking to young believers, baby believers, old believers, Growing up believers, he assures us that we are in his family and that we are in a good relationship with him when he speaks to us. But it also, secondly, protects us from mistakes. Let me read out of the Living Bible that passage that I've read a couple times, but I want to expand on it. I'm going to read verses 14 to 17, Job 33. For God speaks again and again in dreams and visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men as they lie on their beds. 
He opens their ears in times like that and gives them wisdom and instruction, causing them to change their minds and keep them from pride and warning them of the penalties of sin and keeping them from falling into some trap. So if you listen, God will warn you in advance and you'll avoid a whole lot of trouble and mistakes in your lives. One other thought here. It serves or it is the secret of living a productive Christ-like life. Listening to him on a moment-by-moment basis is so important. The more I depend on God, the more successful I am. And success is knowing God's will and being in the center of it. If you want to make an impact with your life, if you want to be used by God and be effective, it's real simple. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. God is speaking and he wants to speak to you. And he'll use many different ways. I've just listed, well, again, I think five of them today. You were made to have a relationship with him, a personal relationship with him. If you don't ever establish that personal relationship with him, you will miss out on the very, your very purpose for living. You will miss out on the reason why you were created. He wants to have a relationship with you. I close by sharing Hebrews 3.15 with you. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. It doesn't matter if you've ignored God in the past. Open up your heart, your mind, and your ears to him. He who has ears to hear, Jesus wants to speak to you. Let's pray. Father, help us all to grow into a deeper relationship with you. Help us to not not miss out on the blessings that you have for us. Help us not to miss out on the guidance that you want to give to us. Help us not to miss out on the comfort that is there for us as your spirit uses your word, speaks to us in dreams and visions, uses godly men to speak to our hearts. However he communicates, Lord, may we be in tune to your voice so that we hear you loud and clear. Protect us. Protect us from the temptations and the misleadings that the enemy tries to put into our thought patterns. Give us the wisdom to discern the difference. The wisdom to always compare our impressions to your word. For we know you will not contradict your word. You remain true and faithful and dependable. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.